I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a little song on my my jingle bells here. Your phone's recording, right? Yep. Okay. Do you know what song I played? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it was Low by Flow Rider. <laughs> you a shoddy with them apple bottom jeans <laughs> <laughs> what if i just wanted like an apple like the fruit <laughs> for christmas i mean you know you're an adult when you ask for socks for christmas yeah that's true do you remember that that one vine that went viral it was like it's a banana vaguely there's the like i remember mostly is, an avocado Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's giving that energy. <laughs> I would like to tell you what I got for myself as a gift for Christmas. Mm-hmm. All so right, it's a wearable item that I'm wearing to Christmas to cause drama. Oh, well, I love tea. It's a sweatshirt that says "The Favorite Daughter." Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's cute. I have not told my parents or Hannah about it because I I don't want Hannah to prepare and bring her own. Yeah. Because it's not going to shit in two days. Right. So it's just good. Everyone's gathered around and I'm just in that sweatshirt. And they're like, why? <laughs> why would you wear that? That's funny. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. R- Merry Toyotathon. <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy Honda days. And, uh. What's the other one that they do? Happy Honda Days, Merry Toyotathon. I feel like there's another car. Whatever, whatever car, whatever car sales you celebrate <laughs> from our from our car to yours from our sedan to yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We wish you a good one. <laughs> go go put yourself sixty thousand dollars into debt for that Nissan Rogue. I believe in you. <laughs> Actually, my next car, once this car kind of goes, um, I want a Jeep Wrangler. Why does every person I know want a Jeep? Well, I don't get it. It gets no, eight miles to a car. My car is one of those, like, vintage, like, Volkswagen vans. Or, like, oh, bus. yeah, yeah, the green ones. Like the one from, color. like, the one from Cars. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I can make it fit my aesthetic and make it all black inside and out. Subaru is Subaru in Asia, not here yet, but Subaru in Asia has the exact same exterior look as that van, the Volkswagen van, and it's an electric car and it's got like more room than the OG Volkswagen one. Speaking of electric cars. Yeah. Um if our reader, if our readers, if our listeners, <laughs> oh, are we a book now? <laughs> oh no! If our listeners do not already know, I'm a nine one one dispatcher. <laughs> we got a call that someone's electric vehicle died on the side of the highway. I thought you were gonna say it caught fire. <laughs> no, we probably have had that. I don't remember. All the crazy calls just kind of blur together. Okay. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, someone's electric car, they didn't, it ran out of charge on the side of the highway. Uh-huh. What are you supposed to do in that situation? You could call it out a toad. Oh. I was going to say, because, like, it's not like you can go and get a gallon of gas from the gasoline <laughs> station. <laughs> You'd have to put it in neutral, have it towed. Yeah. Find your own ride home. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I don't, I don't get the whole, like, this is going to sound really bad. And I would like to say I'm very pro-environment. <laughs> and I'm very, like, for, like cleaning up the earth because we we don't have much time left on her so i'm very pro those things i'm going to say that first before i say my next sentence my next sentence is going to be i don't understand the appeal of electric vehicles because there is not a clean grid system for electric vehicles also apparently um if and then there was like a psa going around when hurricane Idalia hit mm-hmm. where you want to make sure your electric vehicle is as far away from your house as possible because the lithium battery, I think it's lithium, whatever their yeah. battery is, can catch fire when exposed to salt. Yeah. And with all the flooding. In the, yeah, seawater. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, get that cow, get that cow, get that. <laughs> My next thought was horse. Get that car away from your house. Get your cows, get your horses, get your cars away. Can I tell you about the cow index that we have? The cow what? Index. Index? Is that how many cows per acreage? No, it's like this farm has this owner and these are his cows. This farm has this owner, these are his cows. So if the agriculture units or ag units go in the area, they're like, oh yeah, this is it's just Farmer Bob's cow. We're just bringing it right on over. Oh, I want to be that. You also have to deal with like, like a bull walking on the school property because that's happened before. That seems typical in Florida. It's more out near the Plant City area where we yeah. get a lot of those uh, it's more livestock rural. kind of calls. Mm. I do, I do want to own a cow one day. I want to own a Highland cow, a mini Highland cow. I do too. They're so cute. They're so, cute. They're so floppy. And then uh, we also had a potbelly pig call. Aww. One of those big pigs. Mm-hmm. The woman was going, my husband just called me. He's walking and there's a huge potbelly pig following him like it's friendly but i don't know where it came from and i don't want it to get hit by a car oh that was one of those stories that was covered on the news so that way you have positive news stories yeah i can include the link to that because like it was on the news like you can see the the cow cow i cannot talk <laughs> i need to relearn my farm animals. but you can see the like the article where the pig was taken to like a pig sanctuary because they couldn't find oh that's cute though we actually do have like a list of like here's a bird sanctuary reptile sanctuary that's adorable i want to i want to own a farm one day if anybody wants to buy me a christmas present buy me a farm <laughs> buy me a whole big plot of land and a barn and like a bunch of animals i will love you forever that is a promise (laughs) we've also gotten a call about um a loose emu an aloof emu loose emu what's a loose loose like it's loose oh loose i thought you were saying aloof like it's (laughs) indifferent it's no (laughs) apparently someone had like the Someone had pet emus on uh-huh. their farm, and one of them just got out. Oh, okay. 
But imagine a call about <laughs> just someone being like, it's a zookeeper being like, hey, my e- emu is real indifferent today. <laughs> they're just aloof. <laughs> Are they neurospicy? <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're, they're going through a, an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I know this banter went a little long, but my, ca- my case is really short. So I'm cool with it being a little longer if you're cool with it being a little longer. Okay. Um, because my case... Can I turn off the video? Yeah, I turned off mine. My case is, it has no forensics. It's just a case. <laughs> I, I didn't feel like doing work, so I did half of it. And <laughs> this is where we are. Um, but I think you'll enjoy it. I hope, I hope at some point you've heard of this case. Um, maybe you won't recognize it immediately, but I hope at some point you will. You will. All right. So today we're going to talk about Hank Thinkerton. Kind of familiar. Kind of familiar. I was going to say kind of funny, but... Kind of funny. You're making me yawn. (laughs) Payback. Um, Yeah, okay. So, Henry Hank Thinkerton was born on February 18th, 1929 in Quincy, Massachusetts. And he was the fourth out of six children. And he had a pretty rough childhood being born at the very beginning of the Great Depression. And his parents had... What was that? So I'm in my Great Depression. <laughs> She's in her Great Depression era. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Aren't we all? <laughs> and his parents had very little money, and they pretty much lost all of their assets when the stock market crashed. Yeah. So as a young child, his father brought him home a deck of playing cards one year for Christmas, and Hank became quickly obsessed with the cards. He would spend hours learning magic tricks, although he was not very good at it. (laughs) You know how you're a kid and you're bad at everything. (laughs) Or you're a genius in one thing specifically. And that's it. You get nothing else. One random talent. (laughs) At the young age of six, he began busking his magic on the side of the street to collect coins and donations from anybody. He would take any donations or money and give it to his parents to help pay for the bills. And then that year for Christmas, his parents took the money that he made and bought him a magician's top hat. Oh, It's really sweet. I'm sad now because we're talking about this case on the podcast. I know. <laughs> you made my heart do a roller coaster. I know. I, like I know. I'm sorry. This is, this is, it's a doozy. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> This hat was Hank's most prized possession, and he wore it proudly when he went back out to busk on the streets. Due to the lack of resources and his parents' poverty, the children were pretty neglected and would often go to school dirty, wearing the same clothes for days and clothes that had holes in them. The kids were ruthlessly bullied for school for being dirty and poor, and this resulted in Hank developing a pretty severe stutter when he was in elementary school. Hank was determined to get out of poverty, though, and he set aside his love of magic and started studying really, really hard in school. And he actually ended up graduating third in his class at high school and was granted a full-ride scholarship to Fordham University in New York City. Wow. So when he was at Fordham University, he got his PhD in analytical chemistry and graduate i know right like full full magic chemistry full 180 <laughs> and you gotta be insanely smart 
to do that. Oh, yeah, he is. And um, graduated with that PhD in 1954. And on the weekends, he would still go into the city to watch magic shows and to, like, work at little clubs and stuff like that. So he never really, you know, gave it up. After graduation, he began a career as a professor at Fordham University. And he was a very bright professor, but was kind of prone to outbursts and violent fits of rage targeted both at students and other faculty members. And then in 1966, Hank met his future wife, Lucille McGrath. Lucille was 20 and was his TA while he was a professor. And Hank fell madly in love with her when he first met her. And now I would like to say that um, at this time he's 37 and she's, and she's 20. So they have, they have a 17-year age gap. It was more accepted back then. Yeah, back then it, it was different. The times were different. Yeah. And also like being a female in college back then too. Like there aren't that many women that went to school back then. Yeah. But Lucille was also in love with Hank. And they dated for about six months before they eloped. And they got married, and then they moved out to White Plains, New York, and bought a house in the suburbs. However, this illusion of a perfectly newlywed couple didn't last forever. They had a very volatile relationship, where one minute they would be head over heels in love with each other, and then have fights so bad that the police were called on them multiple times. Most of their fights were about Hank constantly being out in the evenings at magic clubs and drinking too much with his friends and not coming home and not telling her where he was and, you know, not spending time with her and stuff like that. And then in 1967, Lucille and Hank found out that they were having a baby boy who was born on Christmas and they named the their child thomas so once thomas was born hank's drinking increased with the added pressure of having a child and trying to manage the stress of work and lucille and they just were constantly fighting all the time and the fights got so bad that on march 15th of 1968 hank pushed lucille down their stairs breaking her leg her arm two of her ribs And when three-month-old Thomas cried from the commotion, Hank put the baby in a closet and closed the door. Neighbors then called the police about this commotion, and Hank was arrested for assault and child neglect. Hank then pleaded with Lucille not to press charges, and she agreed as long as he came nowhere near her or Thomas ever again. And then that night, Lucille packed all of her things, left the house, and Hank never saw them again. She just left. The university eventually heard what happened to him and he was fired from his teaching position. And then this led Hank into a depressive spiral. His alcoholism got a lot worse and he was unemployed and was unable to, you know, survive basically. He turned all of his attention back to magic where he would do freelance gigs, performing tricks to make some money, Unfortunately, due to his alcoholic tendencies and his stutter that would flare up every time he got stressed, he was unable to put on very successful shows. So now, 
Fast forward a little bit, December 24th, 1969, Hank was hired to do a magic show at an elementary school. He put on his best suit and his lucky magician's hat from his childhood, and he went in to try to do this job. During the magic show, all of his equipment failed, his tricks go awry, and he's his stutter begins to act up, and the kids start laughing at him and making fun of him and ridiculing him. And so he runs out of the school crying, heading towards the parking lot. And what he didn't realize at the time was that his hat had fallen off as he was running to the car. It's snowing. It's Christmas in New York. It's definitely snowing. As he starts to leave, he sees two of the children, Karen and Frank, playing around with his hat that they found on the ground. He gets out of the car to tell them to give it back to him, and they refuse. The children then take off running away from the school with Hank's hat, running through the streets to the train station. And then Karen and Frank sneak onto a boxcar on the train, and Hank ends up stowing away on the same train to try to follow them. So... <laughs> he really loves that hat. Yeah, he did. It was his, his most prized possession. The children get off in Albany as the sun starts to set. It's cold and snowing, and the temperature drop is actively starting to affect Karen. Hank gets off at the same stop and follows the children into the forest. Is this story sounding familiar at all? Mm-mm. Okay. The children stop to make a campfire to keep warm, but once they start to drift off to sleep, Hank extinguishes their fire and stabs Frank in the stomach with a branch. Yeah, this doesn't sound familiar. Okay, it it, it might once we get to the end. <laughs> the children wake up narrowly and escape without any more injuries. Karen and Frank keep walking for about 20 minutes when Frank collapses from blood loss and weakness. And then Karen props him up and they walk towards a greenhouse nearby. They see like a greenhouse in the distance. Frank is bleeding pretty badly and they both decide to take a rest in there. The greenhouse that they found is filled with luscious tropical plants with heat lamps and a hose. And the children go into the greenhouse. However, Hank was waiting in nearby shrubbery. And once they enter the greenhouse, he locks them in. With from like the lock on the outside. Karen begins to beg and plea to let them out or Frank will die. And Hank just laughs at Karen saying that this is what they deserve for stealing his hat. And as Frank takes his final breath, Karen begins to weep over Frank's body. As she's weeping, Santa Claus appears and tells Karen that Frank can never completely be gone. Santa then unlocks the greenhouse and heals Frank's wounds. Hank confronts Santa and says that the children stole his hat. And Santa tells him that he's greedy and threatens to put him on the naughty list for all of eternity. And to not be on the naughty list, Hank has to go home and write, I'm sorry, a hundred zillion times. And maybe, just maybe, Santa might bring him a new hat. So he races home to get started. And the next day, under his tree, wrapped in a box from Santa, inside is a new magician's top hat. 
And that's the story of Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> As told from the perspective of the villain, who is, um, his name is Hinkle Tinkerman, but I thought Hinkle was a little bit too of an obvious name, so I changed the name to Hank Tinkerton. <laughs> I took the end when he got the when the Santa was involved. I was like, wait a minute. I I <laughs> I, I took a, quite a bit of creative liberty and created a backstory because he didn't have a lot of backstory in um, Frosty the Snowman, so I had to make up his his backstory. So um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that was good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, for something, there's a term for when you describe something as weird as possible so it doesn't sound like the thing it is. I just don't know that term. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Karen is still Karen, and Frank is obviously Frosty, but I couldn't use the name Frosty because that would be way too Duh. obvious. Yeah, and uh, the stabbing was a metaphor for melting. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I can't be like this child is melting. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, I thought I would just cover something a little more lighthearted, even if it didn't start out that way. Um at all, but <laughs> I thought it would be I tried to tie a forensics thing to this. You know, I tried. I really did. I was like, does crime increase at the holidays? But and it does. But there, like, there wasn't really like a it's whole a lighthearted lot. episode that we need after. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dark episodes. So there's there's a little bit of a palate cleanser episode. But yeah, so that was um, that was Hinkle Tinkerton, aka. Every time you say his name, I want to think Hinkle Tinkle. Tinkle Tinkle, yeah, the the villain of Frosty the Snowman. Also, I really dislike that. So he's referred to as Doctor Doctor Tinkerton and Professor, and it doesn't say what he's a doctor of. The analytical chemistry I made up. I <laughs> I spent like an hour trying to figure out what this dude was the doctor of, and not one single forum on Google could give me an answer. But he's called Doctor, so he has to have a PhD in something. So I made my own PhD up. Okay. Yeah. So that's the uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's that. And I, I hope you enjoyed that little little spurt of a little spurt little fun episode. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> no, no. The more you know, as um, so now you can watch Frosty and have even more insight behind it. <laughs> I mean, one day we can use forensics and analyze the OG Grimm's fairy tales. Oh, that would be kind of cool. That's a good idea for future episodes. Anyway, if you want to go watch Frosty. I haven't seen that movie in years. Go watch some Christmas movies. What's your favorite Christmas movie? National Lampoon's Christmas Holiday Christmas Vacation. That's a good one. My sister's absolute favorite part is when the old aunt gets there and she's saying grace and she goes, I pledge allegiance. Yeah, that's so funny. That's such a good movie. Yeah, it's a classic. That is. I like that one a lot. You can't help but love it. (laughs) What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh gosh, I love Elf. It's also a classic. National Lampoon's up there. When I was a kid, do you know Annabelle's Wish? 
Mm-hmm. It's a lesser known Christmas movie. I don't even know. They don't play it on TV. I had it on VHS, which is how I watched it. Okay. But it was about this farm. It was a cartoon. And it was about this farm where the animals, every year on Christmas Eve, they were given the ability to talk, but just for that like night till, till Christmas morning. And this little boy was raised on this farm, and he had been in a fire when he was a kid, and he could no longer speak. And he, the, the animals would talk to him and he'd spend that night with the animals and learning about them and building these bonds. And there was a, a baby cow that was born one, like the previous year on Christmas named Annabelle. And he like had a really special bond and like they loved each other and stuff. And then as the kids growing up, it's like does a time lapse thing. But as the kids growing up, when Annabelle is old and like almost ready to, you know, her time is coming, mm-hmm. Santa comes and he asked Annabelle if she would like to wish something for Christmas since like all the animals got like one wish from Santa before they passed. And she asked Santa to give the little boy his voice back. And then he wakes up on Christmas morning and he can talk and he goes out to talk to Annabelle and Annabelle just moves at him because she can no longer talk. So she gave her voice up for him. Aww. And it's such a sweet movie. And if you can find it, I very highly... Wish. Yeah, I highly yeah. encourage you to watch it. It's such a good movie. It was my favorite when I was a kid. I used to cry to that movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening. And I hope everyone has a very happy holiday season. Stay safe out there. Stay safe. Um, whatever you may celebrate enjoy time have a good holidays yes have a good holidays enjoy time with your family your friends your chosen family just have fun be safe and we will see you next time with another more forensically based actual (laughs) true crime story that's okay because the one for next week is going to be rough so yeah this is a good time this is a good time to have this episode, <laughs> yes. well um and if you'd like to see more on instagram you can follow us at live laugh liver mortis you can follow us on tiktok at live.laugh.liver with an or and you can email us at lllivermortis at gmail.com And if you didn't already know, we are, you can listen to our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Yep. So you can go and listen over there and subscribe. Leave us a review if you'd like. We love to, we'd love to hear it. Right. Even if it's criticism, we love constructive criticism. Let us know if we get something wrong and we can, we'll make sure to correct it in the next episode. Yeah. And so, um, but thank you, and I hope everyone has a very happy holiday season. And this has been another episode of Live, Laugh, Live, Live or Mortis. Mortis.